Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone. When you lead from a base of expertise, your confidence and credibility are derived from your knowledge. People follow you as a result. However, when you take a stretch assignment and span outside of your comfort zone, leading requires a different approach, one of influence, inspiration, compromise, and courage. We are here to talk about how to take that next step and keep going. Now, here is your host, Wanda Wallace. Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone. So do you ever stop to think about the power of the company brands, your company brands, and how to manage the sales cycle? Now, maybe if you're in marketing, you think that, and maybe if you're in sales, you think that. But I want to tell you that it's something everybody should be thinking about today. So I want you to think about social media. Even if you think it isn't effective for you or for your customers or for your brand, I think you're going to find that you're going to reposition how you think about social media, even for your own personal brand. And that's what we're going to talk about. We want to challenge your perspective today. And we're going to argue that branding, marketing, and sales, as you've known it, are all dead. And try to show you the new rules for engaging your buyers, whether it's of you or of your customer or of your product. So my guest today is Tim Hughes. Tim is universally recognized as the world-leading pioneer and exponent of social selling. And he is currently ranked number one as the most influential and social selling, most influential social selling person in the world. I think you're going to understand why shortly. 2021, LinkedIn said he was one of the top eight sales experts globally to follow. Sounds pretty good to me. Co-founder, CEO of DLA Ignite and co-author of the best-selling book, Social Selling, Techniques to Influence Buyers and Changemakers, and the one we're going to focus on today, Smarketing, How to Achieve a Competitive Advantage Through Blended Sales and Marketing. And you heard me correctly, Smarketing, S-M-A-R-K. E-T-I-N-G. All right, Tim, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. I'm really excited to, to, to be here. It, it's so, a, um, I love talking about these subjects and, and I'm so passionate about it. So uh, thank you for inviting me. Great. I love it. So what's the real issue? Like, what is it you, why does this really matter to you? And what's really at the heart of what you're talking about? Uh, well, we, we've seen over um, a number of years, um, the traditional way of selling and marketing really not being effective. I'm not saying that marketing doesn't work. It's just that the, the days of interrupting people with an advert or a, um, or a cold call or sending them an email, the, 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 the ability to get a return from that has got less and less and less. And that's not, ju- that's not my opinion. The data shows that as well. So HubSpot, who actually sell email systems, so they're, they're, they're in the business to talk it up. The data, which is on their website now, if you want to go and look for it, shows that email marketing, so that's email marketing across the whole of their customers, which is about 120,000, gets a 98% failure rate. Um, cold callers generally are now saying that cold calling, cold calling experts are now saying that cold calling now is a 98% failure rate. Now, I don't know about you, but when I've, I've been in leadership, I, if I was going to go to the board and say, hey, we've got this new marketing campaign, and they say, brilliant, how does it go? Well, you, you just need to know there's got a 98% failure rate. They'd say, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and so um, what we see is that you know, people are covering up the, the, the results, um, but what we're seeing is that people are just not getting the, the, the responses. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason why the, the money goes, people keep spending more money on advertising is because it doesn't work. 
<laughs> right. So let's waste more money for something that doesn't work. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty let's powerful. More money into the money pit. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. This reminds me of day years ago when we used to do direct mail campaigns, you know, so you would always get those things in the mail. If you remember those, we still get some of them. I still get too many of them for my opinion, but, and you knew then that they had, you know, what a 10%, I think at the time, hit rate have people actually used I, it? I think I think actually in in financial services it's one percent I think it's something like that yes it's okay. it's they know what it they they know exactly what it is and I used to know someone who, who started his sales career knocking on doors selling things and he said it was all you would sell two in ten two in ten yeah. so what this would argue is for a long time our classic ways of trying to attract new customers have been dead. They just are now, we've got the data to say how dead they are. And this whole notion of the email campaign, I know it doesn't work because everybody has all these screen things, you know, to screen out all of these efforts. Most of them people never even see. So, you know, that hope that they might click is gone. Yes. So, I mean, if you look at, um, um, you look at email, for example, I mean, I, if, if anyone emails me and it's spam, I just create a rule and it just goes straight through to, um, uh, to, to my waste paper basket. But but what you'll find is in marketing, what they're doing is that they're measuring the um, the open rate, which isn't an, actually a connection to, to revenue. So right. you could have loads of people make it, uh, opening it and going, why are they sending me this delete? Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, I think is before, 20, before COVID happened, I think people were willing to put up with it. And then what happened in 2020 was that COVID hit and we all got hit with budget pressures all of a sudden the pipeline disappeared and people actually started peering under the the hood as you as you would say and saying we're paying all this money you know i i know a small business that's paying two hundred fifty thousand pounds also about three hundred three hundred thousand dollars to marketing agencies and when the marketing people were asked what do we get for it they said nothing and, and no, you know, you could employ uh, you could employ more people for that. You could you could do lots of things with that three hundred thousand dollars. And I think, and for me, there's you know, even though I've been running a business now for seven years, for us, there's been this perfect storm of the the internet, social media, um, COVID nineteen, and um, um, I'm trying to think what the the, the fourth one was mobile. But cell phones where what we do is we now know that if we want to buy something we just pick up our mobile phone and we start searching for it mm-hmm. and if you hit me with an advert and you say hey i've got this great product and isn't it great the first thing i'll do is go okay that's interesting i wonder what else is there out in the marketplace and so quite often the ad, what, what, when you're spending money on advertising is that you're driving me to buy from my, my, my from my competitors at a lower rate and, and that's the thing is that we now have this this ultra uber empowered buyer, which is all of us, and we all do it. And then what happens is that we go in the office and say, "I'm going to buy some adverts," knowing full well that in in our real life we just don't look at them and we don't actually act by them. Okay. And this is the the the, the big problem that um, sales and marketing departments have right now, which is what they're doing doesn't work, and. Okay. What they think is the, is, is the response to that is to make more phone calls, to spend more money on advertising, and to send more emails. 
Okay. Now, what about those targeted ads? I got two questions about this. You know, you're on some website and you've done one search for something and you're going to get 15 targeted ads that are either the same thing or something related to it. Are those effective? They're annoying, but are they effective? Yeah, generally, generally those are those are those are called programmatic. And what that mm-hmm. is is that uses the so I have one chasing me around, it's been chasing me around for weeks, and I've already brought the product. Okay. Um, and and and, it, and and I just laugh. I mean, they have a really ultra low. It's only about. A, it's a. Um, I think it's a. They have a zero point zero two effective rate. <laughs> so so you will sell something, but you know what I'm talking about here is moving the me- needle. Yeah. I'm talking about you know how can how can an organisation in a post COVID world get thirty percent growth, right? Yeah. Right. It, and, okay. and you won't, I mean, you know, you can pay, pay money for programmatic, but that's not going to, that's not going to um, uh, get you to retire and sell the company or whatever it is the right. objectives right. that you want to do. It's not going to keep you from having to right size the organization in order to cover the increased costs that you've got without the growth that's going on to it. Something I had in a client just this yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's a really good point, which is that, you know, right now we, our costs are going up. We need to get the growth to cover the to, to cover right. the costs. Right. And, okay. Uh, sorry. I was going to say before we go to the solution, which I do want to get to, I just have to do one more contrarian point of view. So, folks in marketing and branding would say that marketing was never about an immediate sale; it was about a brand awareness, so that I keep my brand top of mind when you're going to buy whatever it is you're buying. So, do you believe that that doesn't work either? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, 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 you know, unless you're Levi, Nike, but if even if you're Nike, you don't get, you, you actually get other people to sell for you. So, you know, if you want to sell tennis equipment, you get Serena Williams to sell it for you. If you want to sell basketball equipment, you get LeBron, LeBron James to do it. If you want to sell what you'd call soccer equipment, you get Christian Ronaldo to sell it. So is, does, does, does Nike have a brand? No, it doesn't. Because what people do is that they, people still buy from people. Right. And, 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 and that, you know, the fact that Nike is getting other people to sell their stuff just is proof of that. And if you're just one of the 98% of people that, of brands that we've never heard of, you haven't got a chance. Ah, so I've either got to be a massive big brand with lots of recognition and hopefully lots of followers. And even there, I'm going to have to get somebody else to do the selling for me because they're going to be tagged to their brand. If you're Levi or Gucci or something like that, yeah, of course you have a brand. But the people that are watching this probably may run a a company that sells guttering or toilets or um, um, drones or something like that. And, And they don't have a brand. And, and my point is, is you, you can throw as much money at, that, at, at, at the branding problem, but you will never build a brand today because people just are not interested. Because I don't believe you, for, for a start. If you say anything about the brand, I don't believe you. The second thing is I don't trust you. And the third thing is I can go online and I can, and, and I can validate what you say is true or not. And then I can go and buy from the competition because your competition is only one click away. Right. And you probably do what I do for most average things, which is go and check it on some website like an Amazon or something else and say, uh, geez, what are people actually saying about this brand? And, oh, there's the competitor that, 
you know, 500,000 people have bought from, fine, I'm going that direction. Yeah. So, so if you're, if you're in the small, you know, if you're selling something on Amazon, you, you will go and check it out mm-hmm. and you will look for reviews. But if, if you're in also in the B2B space, so say, say you're buying an accounting system for a big organization, you will still be going online and do, do, doing due doing diligence. Due diligence. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and if, and in a B2B space where you've got a, co- a company buying from a company, you'll have 10, also people so we're working with a supply chain software company and they tell us when they sell their systems there's a hundred stakeholders involved in the sale yeah so that's a hundred people as a salesperson i now need to have front be front of mind there is no you cannot buy advertising um to be to be front of mind in front of all of those 100 people I think most of my clients, particularly in the services industry, would say that the buyers have become much more sophisticated, that they're savvy, that they've got their own systems, they've got their own comparison. And in many places, it's becoming more of a commodity buy anyway. There's some exceptions to that, but not a whole lot. And everybody's chasing the holy grail of being the trusted advisor in these professional services firms yes, because thinking that that's going to get them in the door. Okay, and it probably does. Yes, this this it frustrates me. You get professional services companies who understand analog. So I, I was looking at one the other day. I was doing some prospecting, and I was I was going to approach a, a, um, a professional services company, and they've got their website, mm-hmm. and they've got all these individuals, and it's got their bio and mm-hmm. how they're the experts at these particular value propositions, and then it says, and then have a look at our LinkedIn profile. So you click on the LinkedIn profile and you go through and the person hasn't posted or the person hasn't posted for three months or all they've posted is a brochure. Now, posting a brochure, it's like me. So picture this, right? You're at a conference. You're walking up to um, you, you want to buy a product. You're walking up to the stand. And you see the big stand and you see all the sales salespeople there. And what they do is one walks up to you and smacks you around the head with a brochure. And then another one smacks you around the head with a brochure. And then another one smacks you around the head with a brochure. And that's what these people are doing on social media. I did a profile recently of a big professional services company beginning with D. They have 300,000 employees and they have 3 million people on um, following them on um, LinkedIn. They only get 10 likes per post that they put out. It's all brochure, brochureware. 10 likes. You go into the you look at the 10 likes. Five of those people are internal. One of them is the marketing agency that created it. And four of those people are probably mates. So here they are, 300,000 employees, 3 million um, uh, followers. I don't know how many customers, and they can't even muster more than 10 likes. All the people in my business get more um, uh, engagement than that. We get more engagement than IBM. That's not because we're cleverer than the people in IBM. It's because we know what we need to be doing. We understand how to have digital conversations. Okay. And all of these people in professional services, they're brilliant at being analog, brilliant at being on, on the website and saying, isn't that, but nobody goes to websites. You go to a website because you see the company has a pulse. <laughs> we went, we went to websites 10 years ago. There were, there were, there were, it's, it's 10 year old technology. We don't do that anymore. What we do is that we go and look at the people on social media and we go, I think I really like that person or I go, there's nothing there. Let's move on to the next person. And, and, and this is the thing is that 
all of these professional services don't understand how to walk digital uh, digital corridors and have digital conversations. Yeah. I agree with that. I can't tell. I mean, I want to make my own frustration point here. How many senior executives do I deal with in any given year? There's a bunch of them. And um, inevitably, I'm meeting somebody. And I'm the first thing I'm going to do, like everybody else in the universe, is to go and check their LinkedIn profile. Yeah. In fact, I think most people check the LinkedIn profile before they go to the internal company profile, because usually there's nothing there. I get a great sense of the person. And I get so frustrated when I go on and there's no photo you know, they haven't, they posted where they work, but that's it. There's not nothing else. Like, Absolutely. And, and, you know, you, let's, let's, take, let's take Bernard Looney, who's the CEO of BP. Um, so we're recording this um, in, in March. Um, there's a, um, uh, at March 2020, so there's a, there's a war going on at the moment in, in Ukraine and Russia has in, invaded Ukraine. And Bernard Looney, the CEO of BP, was able to go online because he's built up all these following and go on and say, this is what we're doing. We're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. And immediately everybody moved on. And the focus then moved on to Coca-Cola, who they have now actually (laughs) said they're pulling out of Russia. I should say that. But at one point they said they weren't. And all of a sudden, you know, you know, social media is full of boycott Coke, boycott Coca-Cola. Yeah. And, and that's the, the thing. What, what, what Bernard has done is a, he's an impressive individual. He's invested in, in, in his online um, um, profile, and he was able to go straight to uh, talk to individuals and, and get over his point. And immediately he deflected everything on. And that is the thing that, that that's, that's the way that PR works today. It works in the digital world. It doesn't send, it's not about throwing out press releases. And yeah. And all leadership need to have a digital profile. We have a drone company called Cyberhawk, and they are going, they will be IPOing faster at a higher value because all of the C suite have social profiles. And of course, they're complaining to us because they've got too much pipeline, but that's another point. <laughs> uh, Should uh, we all be so lucky? <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. And, and because they're using social to sell. Um, but the point is, is that they're, you know, all of the, you know, if you think about the, the startup economy that we have, certainly within the UK and the US, and these individuals are, are, are taking the VC money and burning it through uh, on adverts, and it's getting them nowhere. And what they need to do is to take the the, the um, uh, a leaf out of the book of Cyberhawk and actually see what they're doing. You can go to LinkedIn, look Cyberhawk up, look Chris Fleming up on on LinkedIn. And, okay. and see what he's doing and look at his, you know, there's no secrets here. It's, this is not like the old analog world. You can go and you can check these people out and see what they're doing. And what he's doing is that he's building, what he's done is he's built digital dominance. So okay. picture this, right? You're going to go, you walk into a conference, right? And, and there's a drinks going on and there's all, and it's full of all of your um, prospects and customers. Yeah. Who would you want them talking to? They're standing there having a glass of champagne or something in their hand, and they're laughing. What you'd want them to do is be talking to you, to you and your people. Yeah. You wouldn't want them to be talking to the competition. Yeah. And this is what's playing out on digital right now, is that your customers and your prospects are talking to people and having conversations. And the question that you need to ask yourself is, are you have all your experts sitting... Set experts sitting on the um, on their website 
having no digital profiles mm-hmm. because if they're if if you walk into that room and it's your competition that are having those conversations it's not you right. and what cyberhawk have done is that we've built a, a process to allow them to be completely digital dominant they are having all of the conversation and taking up all of the oxygen anything to do with drones uh, and 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 it's and I'm I've actually done a study. I've done a study of another customer. I've got a blog going out tomorrow about a study about how organisations react to when when we walk into a marketplace and we disrupt it, what the competition start doing, mm-hmm. and it's quite interesting to see because they do react, but they usually react in a very tactical nature. Like the CEO will start putting out brochure posts and gets yeah. no get, and gets no response. And then you go to them and say, so how's it, how's it going? And, and they ghost you or something like that because they know it's shit. And they don't, and, 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 but they don't know what to do. But they know that they're under pressure. And every time we walk into a marketplace where someone puts their hand up and says, do you know, I'm going to give this social selling a, a try. Let's, let's do a pilot. Let's see what happens. Um, and we'll put some salespeople forward. Every time we do that, we disrupt the market. And it's really interesting seeing that the, 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 what t- what the competition tried to do to react. Very interesting. I know that there are so many stories at the moment. If you tune into this at all, with smaller companies who have managed to overcome a giant, either overcome them in market share or overcome their attempt to get unseat that smaller company, like to to kill them or to acquire them or whatever. And a lot of that is just clever thinking, but it's not about more money. It's also about how they've used the social presence, their followers in a way to get there. Okay, Tim. All right. Before I want to do one, one last skeptic question. I said once before, I got to do one more, which is most people say, yada, 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 yeah, but none of my clients are really actually spending any time reading Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram. That's a different generation. What's your response to that? Um, well, uh, there's a some data which is um, if you go to Simon Kemp on LinkedIn, he produces um, the the data for social media, uh, and it's paid for by We Are Social and Hootsuite, and that came out in uh, the latest data came out in January of this year, and it shows that there's just under sixty percent of the world's population active on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so it will clip over 60% of the world's population um, this quarter. Now, it's never going to be 100% because people like in North Korea are not allowed on social media. Um, but um, what, that's growing. And that, you can imagine it grew, grew um, it increased. I mean, it was growing at 10, 11%. Um, you know, a billion people um, were being added to um, social media during lockdown because what happens is that we, um, everyone moved online. Right, and, and the difference is, is that we um, we used to go, we see, we used to see social media as a place that we go to, and now we actually live there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the other thing is that, yes, I understand that maybe one person of a particular buying team may not be on social media or may not be active on social media, but the other ten people who are the stakeholders in that buying process are. So if we go back to my supply chain, you know. If there, there may be only one person, but the other 99 people uh, are on social media. And by the way, when I mean active, at the average person spends two and a half hours on social media a day. 
my goodness. Uh, and in in the Philippines, they're spending five hours a day on social media. So so and because so quite often people say yes, but that's not me. Okay, we're not talking about you. We're talking about this. Isn't about you. We're talking about your clients. We're talking about your buyers. You know, millennials are thirty this year. Mm-hmm. You know, my partner has a twenty-six-year-old. He buys in a completely different way than 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 than, than my generation does. You know, everything is driven through an app. You know, he bought a house th- four years ago where he bought the mortgage and everything through an app. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everything that you know, everything that you you thought you can do, you can do through an app. And these people are, you know, they're budget holders and they're buying things, you know, in in the B two B space. And you need to understand that this this is this is the way that the world works today. I realize it may not be the way that you work, but this is the, way, the way that the your world. buyers work. Okay. All right. So I, I'm bought, I'm sold in, whether I like it or not, whether I believe it or not, that the only way I'm going to be able to effectively sell is to dominate on social media. Okay. Now you have my attention. We need to know how. So walk me through what it is I need to be doing that's going to actually get engagement. Like how do I make sure that my million followers or 3 million or how many ever it is actually do more than 10 likes? Well, the, the, the thing is, is that um, you need to think about what, about the buyer and who, and what they, and what they're thinking and, and, and who they are uh-huh. rather than saying, so everybody goes to market with the same message, which is buy my product because we're great. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and so the thing is, is that, uh, that the modern buyer actually can see through that. And we don't believe what you say anyway. Okay. Uh, so, so what you need to do is, and, and and let's let's assume you haven't got any followers because everybody's got to start from from somewhere. Um, is that you? You need to do three things. Okay. You need to have a, a, a an online presence. So, for in effect, a shop window to the world. So, a LinkedIn profile, for example. Mm-hmm. The second thing you need to know, need to have it. You need to have a, is a network. So the average person on LinkedIn has 930 connections. They are colleagues, ex-colleagues and recruitment consultants. They are not the people you're trying to influence. Right. And the third thing that you need is content. And the reason why you need content is people are online looking for insight. I'm buying a new ERP system. I'm buying a new accounting system. What 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 are the ten things that I need to look at to make sure that it that the, the project is is going to help me? Well, you could write a blog on that and and put that out there if you sell accounting <laughs> systems. Um, you know what you need to do is you need to show that you're going to help that person. Um, and we have exact examples of. Uh, I tra- trained recently uh, an Oracle. I was in the US software company, one of their partners. Um, and um, 60, probably 80 man company because they're going quite fast. Um, and they had someone um, go onto social media, say, I've got, um, I've got a, a business problem and can you help me? And the salesperson was able to turn that into a $2.6 million deal. Okay. That's pretty amazing. And the salesperson is doing that because the salesperson is putting out content that's relevant because the, to the, the, the person has the, the, it, so so in the past you had salespeople going please like me please like me and and everyone says no I'm not interested in you and this is a salesperson where the person says you look really interesting and they went to some went to the person and said can you help me we've got this business problem and then there's a standard right. 
standard sales conversation. Well, yeah, we can help you. Let's have a chat. Da, da, da. Tell me, tell, you know, a bit of discovery. And that turned into $2.6 million. So that's $2.6 million that their competition missed out on mm-hmm. because the competition don't do well, social stuff. And people were reading on social media and paying attention on social media. Okay. All right. So social media, particularly LinkedIn, I think we have to talk about some others and we have to talk about also what kind of content. And then I want to come back to Cyberhawk and know what specifically they were saying that's getting all this attention. So perfect point for a break. My guest today is Tim Hughes. The book we're talking about is Smarketing, How to Achieve Competitive Advantage Through Blend in Sales and Marketing. And as you can also tell, Chris is the author and quite passionate about this whole concept of social sailing. We'll be right back. This is Wanda Wallace, host of Out of the Comfort Zone. Do you find yourself in a role where your team knows more than you know? Are you struggling to see how you now add value? For years, I've coached leaders who have moved beyond the comfort zone of their expertise and have developed a methodology to help them make the leap and go on to do more. All of those tips are now packed into my new book, You Can't Know It All. Visit our website at leadership-forum.com or tune in to Out of the Comfort Zone for more insight. If you want more information on the articles, books, coaching, and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadership-forum.com. You're sure to find some helpful links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, helping organizations get it and keep it. Hi, I'm Wanda Wallace, host of Out of the Comfort Zone. We have some amazing guests with some incredibly good ideas about how to take your leadership to the next level. But I find people are looking for more practical ways of implementing those ideas. So we've created an individual subscription service specifically to focus on how to apply. You'll find more about that at www.outofthecomfortzone.com. We have two additional subscription services, one for the social group that want to exchange ideas and perspectives with a group and talk about career advancement. And we have a master's level for people who want to take a deeper dive, all on outofthecomfortzone.com. We hope you'll join us. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadership-forum.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back to the show. With me today is Tim Hughes. Tim is one of the world's leading experts and pioneers of social selling. The book we're talking about is Smarketing. And Tim, I didn't ask, where can people find you? What's your website or your email address? Or do we look you up on LinkedIn? Uh, best place to get me is uh, LinkedIn. So I'm Tim or Timothy Hughes. Okay. Um, and um, they can find me on Twitter. I'm Timothy underscore Hughes. Or our website is DLA Ignite. Um, Ignite is spelled I-G-N-I-T-E dot com. Perfect. All right. So we were talking about this whole notion of the need to have a digital dominance. Yes. And that it is both, you said it's about having an online presence, meaning you are there in the first place. 
Yes. And that you have a network, you've got followers who are engaged in thinking about you and you're putting out content so yes. that people are reading the content, paying attention to the content, supposedly reacting to the content. And that's what generates the, geez, can you help us examples? Yes. So let's take each of those three and say, what is best in class standard today? And kind of run through each of the three of them. And then I'm going to go backwards and ask a few specific questions. Okay. But let's start there. So okay. start with so, online presence. What is that? Okay. What so let, you- let's, go, let's go through that. So if, if we take LinkedIn as an example, because it's a B2B networking site, yeah. uh, we do help people to be, we, we don't, we're not LinkedIn trainers. We help people to be social. So the idea is that you can pick up what you learn and go to Twitter or Instagram. It doesn't matter what it is because the platforms are pretty easy to use. It's about understanding what it means to be social. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so that your, your LinkedIn profile is not a CV. And it's, if it's a CV, the only conclusion I can jump to is you're, you're trying to get a job. Um, it's not what your um, uh, your objectives or something like that. It's a story of your life. So, so um, it, it's a you 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 write. So, so so if say you're going to let me use this as an example. Say you were going to a meeting with a client, and uh, you do the round robin where everybody introduces themselves and says, "I'm Tim Hughes, and this is what I've done, and and I'm Wonder, and this is what I've done." What you would say at that is your summary. Because what you're doing is, in effect, you're using your LinkedIn profile as a shop window. There's 810 million people on LinkedIn when we're recording this. And what they're doing is that they're walking past your shop window every single day. And as there's 810 million people, you're in competition with an awful lot. But what you want them to do is stop and go, well, that looks interesting. That that wonder, let's have a look at her detail. Oh look, she oh she was a she used to play ice hockey. I used to play ice hockey as well. Wow, that's great. So um, my my partner used to um coxed at um Henley. She coxed an eight at Henley. Now, anybody who knows what that if you don't know what that is, it doesn't matter. But if you do know what it is, everyone stops by and says, Do you know I used to row? And I and I was rubbish or whatever. But she, but the point is, is that she's having a conversation. Now Anything that you sell, I sell, or in a B2B space that we sell, we don't sell it unless we've had a conversation. And this isn't about, and social isn't about the post or the content, or it's about having conversations. Because we all know that if we have a conversation, it leads to, co- to commercial interaction. Okay. So, so the idea of your profile is that you get someone to stop and go, this person looks interesting. This person could help me. I'm not being anti-sales. I'm just explaining to people basic psychology. How do I get attention? Yeah. Yeah. And how do I get attention? Because that's what a cold call or an email basically is supposed to do. You know, you send an email and and the idea is that the person will ring you up and say, wow, you sent me an email. Can I buy from you? It's a conversation. So what happens is that if people, as soon as people land on your profile, if you have the professional edition of LinkedIn or above, it tells you who's landed on your profile. That's your opportunity to say, oh, you came to my profile. Is there, is there anything I can help you with? 25% of the people that land on my LinkedIn profile turn into business because I have oh. conversations. Um, and, you know, conf- it could be a conference. It could be it could be a, a project, whatever. But the idea is that, and, 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 and a lot of people, when they buy, they say, right, I'm time blocking 30 minutes in my diary. I'm going to go online and I'm going to look for the answer to this problem. 
They come to your profile and they go, Wanda's profile, this is really interesting. Well, I've just spent the whole 20 minutes actually um, looking at Wanda's profile and, and the fact that she did ice hockey. And isn't that, that great? I didn't have time for anybody else. <laughs> Right. And the other thing is that there's some other th- there's some other great things that you can do as well to make sure that you are the, always the answer to the people's problems if they're using Google, because Google loves LinkedIn because it's full of content. The second thing you need to do is you need to have a network. You need to be influencing the people that you're trying to sell to. Now, the mistake that everybody makes is that they think this is about selling and it's not because no one likes being sold to. So you'll get these things. So I had a I had a um, um, a, a, a connection request from a guy who sells um, one of the very large um, sales methodologies, and he said I'd like to connect you with with you because I have some really nice, interesting articles that you will be interested in reading. Ignore. I have no idea who you are. I don't know who you are, and it's my opinion whether I'm going to find those articles interesting or not. Is you know, this is about having a conversation. This is about connecting with people. It's so it's just like so. So social media is social. It's just like a social networking event. You walk into the room. You get a. I get a cup of tea. You get a coffee, um, and you see someone over there that's not talking to anybody. You go up to them and say, "Hi, how are you doing?" How, how did you get here? Wow, it's snowing outside. Wow, isn't it? It's not going to stick, is it? No, no, no. But and, and you have that conversation. And ultimately, the person, when you have the conversation, they say, so what do you do? Mm-hmm. If you, you'd never turn up to that person and say, hey, here's my book and I want you to buy it. Or, hey, here's my um, um, management services and I want you to buy it. Because everyone would say yeah. two words and one of them would be off. And then <laughs> yeah. they'd call security and get you out. So. It, it would be bad mannered within within a social networking event, and it's bad manners on on social um, on a social network. Okay. It's one of the things that we train people to do. We train people to 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 connect with people to have conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with a, um, the dealer principal of um, so the managing director of BMW Park Lane. So the, it's the only BMW owned dealership in the UK. It's on Park Lane in London. He sells 150 cars a year through LinkedIn for zero cost. So what's the average price of you? You, you multiply 150 cars by what the average price of is it? Fifty thousand dollars? I don't know. Seventy five thousand dollars. You work that out for zero cost. So to, to give you a comparison, a salesperson there which should sell 144. That's their target. So, so um, you need to be influencing people. So you find the people that you want to, to talk to, BMW or um, um, Bank of America or whatever it is, and you connect to those people and you have that opportunity to have a conversation. Remember, the more people that you connect to, the more that they're going to see your content. Okay. Your content then is about, it's about inspiring. It's about telling me something I don't know. It's about entertaining. So, for example, we run a um, a podcast on Fridays, which we call Infotainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lenwood Ross, who works for me, um, came up with the idea. It's a, it's information and it's entertainment, mm-hmm. and we we um, and and it's done so people can learn about and get digital skills, but do it in an environment which is fun, mm-hmm. because research shows that people do not come to social media to to read brochures. Right. They come to social media to be social. 
So why not be social? Now, there's nothing wrong in doing a talking heads uh, podcast. I do one of these myself because people listen to these things and learn from it. But this is a, a great piece of content where what it does is that Wanda, Wanda, the, the deal is that Wanda's going to go through my network and I'm going to go through Wanda's network. Yeah. And it also shows that Wanda and me are an expert. And what people want to do is they're going to say, I, you know, some people may look at it and say, I think that Tim, Tim's passion comes across as arrogance and I'm, I don't like him, which is fine, which is great because I've, I've actually qualified them out. <laughs> I'm not going to waste time on them. Yeah. Or they may say, Tim seems to be really passionate. He needs to, I need to have a conversation with about, about this because I'm, it, I, we need to do something like this in our organization. Okay. But the, the key thing about content is that it's not just about the content. It's about how you get the conversation. So this co- company that I was talking to you about earlier on that I did the analysis of was only getting 10 likes. Because there was no engagement, they're not getting anything from it at all. So if you post brochures, what you'll find, I just went through LinkedIn before I came on here and there was people posting brochures and they're getting no engagement. Now, why is engagement important? So if I post something about International Women's Day, which was yesterday, mm-hmm. and you like it, we've got something in common. And that gives me an opportunity to say, hey, hey, Wanda, thanks for liking my post about International Women's Day. This is something I'm really passionate about, really passionate about DEI. Um, can we connect? It gives you that ability, just as we would have walked up to somebody uh, at the social networking event and said, oh, you you live in uh, New York. Oh, yeah, I, I love New York. I, you know, and, and we talk about things and we have something in common. Right. So um, and, and we know that people are on social media looking for insight. They're looking for the problems that your your product solves. They're not looking for brochures. So so the key thing is, is that um, the your profile this is about having a shop window i don't like the term personal brand because it kind of makes you sound like um your brian solis uh, brian solis who i love and, and is a is a is a person whose stuff i i love and is amazing but most people look at brian and say there's no way i could ever be like brian because he's got too many followers mm-hmm. this is about being like an ordinary an ordinary person an ordinary salesperson that can make a difference but this is about having that shop window that people can say that that's Tim, and, and I think he could help me. Okay. About being connected in all the right places, you need to have this digital territory. And the third thing is about having content that people will, okay. will look at and they'll be interested in and they start um, into, um, engaging with it. Now, yeah. some people will flip content, so they'll flip it from either brochures, don't do that, or they'll take – I use Flipboard, for example, to find, broch- um, to find articles. You can do that, but you will get little engagement – so the, the brand new um, Harvard Business Review article, yes, I know it's really interesting, but thousands of people have shared it. Right. So you're not unique. I know you think you're being unique by doing it. It's You're not. Um, and one of the things that we do is that we teach people how to create, write a 300-word blog, um, which can showcase their expertise and showcase that they understand the business issue. So I'll give you another example of content. Okay. Um, every the mistake everybody makes around content is they think of content as being a two thousand word um, white paper. Nobody reads two thousand. Nobody reads that. Yeah. yeah, you 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 think you do, and you put it in a, um, and, and then you never basically read it. Yeah. If I send you a three hundred word blog, you'll read it because you'll read it straight away. We we 
then, and the thing is, is that they, they say, right, we'll create this content and we'll create it for as many people as we can. That's the other mistake. What we're doing with content, especially within sales, is that we're creating content for maybe a vertical, maybe a particular company because they've got a business issue. So one of my colleagues, Eric, put out a post the other day, which is a fantastic article. He has targeted two people. Mm. It's a LinkedIn LinkedIn blog. You don't know this. And if you go to Eric Doyle's profile, you won't know which, which, which of the blogs it is. But he was targeted two people. Within 10 minutes, those two people contacted him and said, can I have a conversation? Because he knew what their business issues were, he was connected to them. He'd already, he's already built his profile because they know who he is and, and um, because of what he does. And by writing an article and, and in effect saying, this is this. So, so for example, we had a, um, a PE companies. A lot of PE companies, certainly in the UK, because of COVID, they're looking for international expansion because the fact that they they need to um, uh, turn the company right. and, and and pull out, um, and they're not doing it fast enough. Mm-hmm. So we basically wrote some articles uh, about how uh, what you can do is get international expansion. And within 24, 48 hours, we had PE companies going, "Can you talk to us about this?" Now okay. this isn't this isn't this isn't rocket science. What it is, it's about pulling all the bits of psychology and understanding social and business acumen. And this isn't about hey, we're going to create some videos and and we're going to go viral. This is about connecting social media and understanding the connection of that and okay. and actually um, revenue, profit, EBITDA, and all of those things. And saying right, if I'm going to do something on social media, I need to get a response, and that response needs to drive. Uh, revenue or EBITDA for the business. All right. So if I roll back to what the best salespeople I think did in the past and certainly are doing today, um, first off, I'm not going to buy from somebody unless I actually have a relationship with them. And you just underscored that, except it's a digital relationship as opposed to I've run into you or talked to you or had coffee with you or dinner or whatever with you. Yeah. So there's a relationship. And I'm not going to persuade anybody to buy a complex product unless I show them that I understand their needs. Yep. Okay. And so now instead of doing that in a face-to-face or a conference room or whatever, we do it in a digital manner that says, I understand the issue that you're facing. Yes. So there will probably be, so my background is selling accounting systems and there will probably be during the sales process, the traditional um, demonstration and stuff like that. But we know that there's a load of stuff that's going on beforehand before the person contacts the salesperson yeah. so that, that they will be drawing up the, the, the short list of, of, of companies and they will be doing that based on going out to social and now there will always be certain companies that will be on the shortlist because they may be the market leaders, but they may look at those profiles online and say, I actually don't think that, you know, these people don't look right. And this is some of the, this is some of the, the, the disruption that's taking place out there that as we're now finding getting more and more people um, that are actually understanding how to use digital what you're st- seeing are you're getting you're getting a very clear demarcation b- between digital companies and analog companies, right. and people will start making up their minds about which way they go. Right. But what they're doing is that they're going online and they're 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 doing their due diligence, um, 
through mobile or on or, 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 or desktop, right. and they're making a decision what that shortlist is. Right. Yeah. And then we have the usual sales cycle that says, let me show you what we do and let's talk about price and let's talk about can we customize it. And we've got you know a whole bunch of other stuff. But the point is to get in the door to be in that final conversation. Yeah. So I'm I'm aware of a um I'm aware of a, a SaaS ERP, so an accounting system, SaaS accounting system that was bought. Um, it was a hundred thousand dollars a year ticket price, and the person rang the sales, the the, the buyer rang the salesperson up and said, um, "Hi, um, we want to buy your product." And they said, "Well, don't you want a demo?" They said, "No, we've looked at all of the um, we looked at all the the YouTube videos, and yours is the one that we want to buy." Now, mm-hmm. that's not the the ideal negotiating position to be in when you're talking to a salesperson. But but the fact of the matter is that's happening. Right. right. By the way, that happened eight years ago. Ah, that is interesting. Very interesting. Okay, I'm sold. I'm completely sold. Okay, so Tim, do you have specifics about what to do to make that profile look interesting? You've said so. I'm going to liken now from henceforth forever your metaphor. My social profile, let's say on LinkedIn, is my shop window. Hmm. It's like anybody walking down the street, seeing a shop window, do they stop and look? Yeah. So the, 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 so, so the, the thing, the thing, one of the keys to this is your summary title. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your summary title is the most visible thing about you on the internet. Okay. So if you Google yourself and, and you know, p- please watch the rest of the show before you Google yourself. Um, what you'll find is that um, Google loves LinkedIn because it's full of content. Okay. It will show your, your, your profile. It will probably be the number one thing, unless you've got a website, it will probably be the number one thing that it will show. And it will be your mm-hmm. uh, photograph, it will be your name, and it will be your summary title. Oh. It's the most visible thing. And what you want the person to do is to go, that looks interesting. I'm going to look at this further. Mm. And the mistake that every that, that everybody makes, well, the first mistake that everybody makes is it's their job title. Yeah. So if it's like head of tax of Beatons, you're going to go, well, that's boring. I'm going to move on to something yeah. else. Sorry if you're the head of tax of at Beatons. <laughs> um, and um, the next thing that people do, and most LinkedIn trainers say this, is that you need to tell people what you do. It's your, it's your, it's they say you you need to write what you are and what sorry what you do. That is a mistake. Because if you say I help, um, you know, I had someone that connect with, tried to connect with me, and it says I help uh, entrepreneurs um, uh, build their physical fitness, and I just went, well, I'm not, I'm not buying that, so delete. Because I, I make a dis- you, you will make a buying decision based on, and the reason for that is the way that our brain our, our brain works. Whenever you talk about what you do, it connects to your um, uh, your. The, the brain, which is your um, the modern brain, the modern brain deals with facts. It deals with language, and what you do is that you say um, yes and no, or you, I believe you, or I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. What that should be, it should either be something that's that that is um, uh, something that creates curiosity. So if you come and look at my profile on LinkedIn, and this is a request to anybody looking at this, um, come and have a look at my my um my summary title because it'll be something that you will have never ever seen and always gets conversations hey okay what are we, what are we trying to do 
Um, and um, the, 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 or what you should do, it should be your why. Mm-hmm. So, um, Wanda, have you watched Toy Story? Yes. Okay. And is it a good film or not? Yeah, you know, for the audience, yeah. Can you tell me something about Toy Story? Or uh, is it that you actually understand Toy Story because of a feeling that you have? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, because a feeling my son had is probably a more likely example, okay. but okay. Right. So, so, so you probably can't particularly remember um, Toy Story or some of the... I the, remember the characters and I remember yeah, Toys Come to Life. Yeah. yeah, yeah but, so, but it's a feeling. Okay. This is your limp. This is your limpic brain. This is your. This is your. This is the old brain. This is the brain that we had when we were on the Serengeti, and on the Serengeti, what we did was we we realised we needed to be social, and we worked and formed communities because if we did that, um, what we did was we we lived another day and we weren't eaten by the saber toothed tiger. Mm-hmm. What you're doing, if you talk about your why, you're connecting with the pe- person's limbic brain. Your person's limbic brain is where you is is like your heart. It's your gut reaction, and what you're doing is that you're making connection where you go. This person looks interesting. Okay. You don't know why. You don't know why, but you then click through and you go through the profile. Go go to the profile, and I go and I said, if you've got professional edition, anybody who comes to your profile. You, it You'll shows you who's looked at your profile. Huh. You have then, an, you you are then as a seller, you're in control, and I then have the opportunity to have a conversation with you. Hey, Wanda, you looked at my LinkedIn profile. Was there something that you were looking for? Yeah. Because again, don't sell. Don't say, "Hey, I've got, I've got this, right. I've got this double glazing for sale, and it's thirty percent off." Um, you know, it's and and, and and strike up a conversation. And that 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 is one of the critical things that is about having your summary title. It's the first thing that we 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 teach people when we go through and 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 train people through our training and coaching. Okay, Tim. Wow, I have a feeling we could spend hours yet because I know we have only scratched the surface of all the components that we need to do. So the three components is I've got to have my online profile in a way that attracts curiosity. If I don't do that, then I'm not going to get it very far. And I want to make sure that that curiosity is not about what I'm selling, but about me as the person, why I am, what I care about, what the connections are. People follow, check that out. And I want to carry that conversation forward, not to sell, but to carry it forward. Right? And then I need to focus on my network. Network is not necessarily volume. It is the people that I want to be talking to. So I think we have to put the social back in media. Who do I want to be talking to? How am I talking to them? What are the conversations we're starting and so on? And the third component is I got to put out content that gets people to stop and pause. Take a look, check me out. Follow up. Did I miss anything as the core no, highlight? Fantastic. Great summary. Okay. And ultimately it's about the human connection. Everything yes. I swear in business is about the human connection. If it you is. ask me my core thing. never changed. It's always about the human connection. So there we go. Tim Hughes, the book we've been talking about is Smarketing, but I can also recommend Social Selling as a second book. Um, the company is dlaignite.com if you're interested in finding them, or as Tim has already said, LinkedIn profile, Twitter profile, and I suspect he's not too difficult to follow, Tim Hughes. Tim, thanks for being guest today. You're welcome. It's been wonderful. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. 
All right. Join us next week for another episode in getting out of your comfort zone and check out our brand new profile on outofthecomfortzone.com for more details about how to apply these concepts and others. See you next week. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in for another edition next week with Dr. Wanda Wallace on the Voice America Business Channel. Reach outside your comfort zone this week.